What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Lim Gonzalez here for Book Circle Online. I'm here with the incomparable Rudy Francisco, author and spoken word artiste. We're going to discuss his book, Helium. I'm really excited, so let's get into it. Let's go. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. I think this is uh, probably the first time that Book Circle Online has opened up with Drake. But, you know, we like our guests to uh, to choose what they want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a great song. I, I agree. God's I agree. plan. Like, when I saw the video, like yeah. I, I shed a tear a little Did bit. Did you? I'm not going to lie. Dog tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one, one too. Just I, one. <laughs> I, have, I have one, like, on both ends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I dug tear on both ends. But uh, yeah, the song is great. Um, like I said, we're here with Rudy Francisco. Uh, before we get into this interview, I do want to play a clip. Uh, this is from his appearance on the Tonight Show, um, which is amazing uh, for a spoken word artist. So we're gonna and we're gonna talk more about that. Um, but let's get into this clip. Let's go. Tell me, tell me, how blessed are we to have tragedy so small it can fit on the tips of our tongues? When Evan lost his legs, he was speechless. When my cousin was assaulted, she didn't speak for 48 hours. When my uncle was murdered, we had to find a search party to find my father's voice. Most people have no idea that tragedy and silence often have the exact same address. So when your day is a museum of disappointments, hanging from events that were outside of your control, when you find yourself flailing in an ocean of why is this happening to me, when it feels like a guardian angel putting this two-week notice two months ago and just decided not to tell you when it feels like God is a babysitter that's always on the phone when you get punched in the esophagus by a fistful of life. Remember that every year, two million people die of dehydration, so it doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. There's water in the cup. Sometimes you just gotta drink it and stop complaining, you see. Man, that's awesome. So, um... Rudy, I, I, mm. since we played that clip, I want to get into that right away because this was huge. Yeah, uh, being yeah. on the Tonight Show, I want to know because uh, I want to be next. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how did that even come about? You know what? Um, they sent me an email. Really? Yeah. Right. And initially, I was like, "Oh, it's probably a prank or something like uh, that." Some right? spam or something. Yeah. Right. So they sent me an email and they said, "Hey, you know, we're from the Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon." Um, can we have your, your contact information so we can call you? And I was like, okay, you know? <laughs> right. So I sent it, and then they, they called pretty much immediately. And um, one of the producers was like, hey, you know, we, we want you to be on the show. Would you be open to that? And I was like, uh, yeah, you know? <laughs> like, of course. Like, like who, who says no to right. that, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, I would, I would love to be on the show. And... You know, it, it happened. Like, it was kind of, it was really random and exciting. And for a long time, like, I thought that it might just be a prank. And then they right. sent, like, flight information. And they're like, hey, like, this is the information of, like, the car that's picking you up. And this is when you have to check in. And I was like, oh, like, this, this is, is legit. I was like, this is a really, this, this is really happening. Right? right. So, um, so yeah, it just started by, you know, they sent me an email and asked me to, you know. Wow. Now, was it due to, because, I mean, obviously you have a, a huge social media following uh-huh. uh, that you've uh, amassed uh, over the years. Yeah. Uh, did it have anything to do with that? Was it a poem? Like, did you find out what what actually, why they chose you? Well, so so one of the writers is actually, like, a, a fan of my work. Oh, okay. Um, and, and he said, he was like, I, I wanted you on the show since, you know, since he got the job. So, 
Yeah, he was like, it was just a matter of time before we were able to get you. And wow. Yeah, apparently, like, he just, he enjoys my work. That's really dope. Yeah. That's really yeah. dope. Yeah. Speaking of your work, I wanted to get into, like, the beginning yeah. and how you got into uh, writing and performing poetry mm-hmm. um, and uh, and just kind of see, you know, how Rudy Francisco came about in that world. So what, what started this? So it started off as a homework assignment. Uh, I was a senior in high school. We had to write a poem, uh, bring it back, you get full credit for one of my senior English classes. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this poem about this girl that I had a crush on. Um, of brought it back, <laughs> Of course, right? <laughs> uh, brought it back the next day. Um, my friend Samantha, she read it and she told me that it was really good. And I didn't really think anything about that. Uh, and then, um, so basically, we went through the entire lesson and uh, the teacher asked if anybody wanted to read their poems out loud before we turn them in. Right? So Samantha was like, oh, you got to read your poem. And I was like, like, absolutely not, you know? And we kind of went back and forth for uh-huh. a minute, and then she was like, well, what if I read it for you? So I was like, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. So she gets up, and she's like, hey, class, you know, this is Rudy's poem. Um, and she reads it, and the class, like, claps for it, right? And, and we had a class that didn't really, like, like a whole lot of things. So <laughs> so the fact that they clapped for it was, like, a big deal for me. Class then, on, um, like, lean on me or something? <laughs> definitely, right? And then, um, and then afterwards, my teacher pulled me aside, and she was like, yeah, that was really good. You should you know, consider, you know, writing more often. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I got started. Uh, then I went off to college and I, I randomly stumbled across an episode of HBO Deaf Poetry. Okay. And, uh, the first po- Yeah. Deaf Poetry Jam? Definitely. The first poet I ever saw was Sheehan. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. right? Which is crazy because, okay. like, now he's, like, my big brother. Of course. Um, but, yeah, but the first poet I ever saw was Sheehan. He did Love Like, and I was like, this is amazing. And I really fell in love with the show, and that's what got me, you know, writing performance poetry. And then um, I became a resident advisor at my university, mm-hmm. and we had to put on programs. So I started hosting an open mic for the students, and that's how I got into like the like the open mic scene. Because you know, a few poets from around the city like would actually like come to my open mic, and then they would invite me to the other open mics. Like, in and where North was Park. this at? Where did you go to school? Uh, Alliant International University. Okay, and where is that located? Uh, it's like northern. Well, not it's not even that north. It's like north. East San Diego. Okay. So it's a little on the outskirts of uh, on the outskirts of the city. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I started hosting open mic and then that, you know, like poets from the city would come out and that's how I met, you know, like a lot of the poets that I know now and then they would invite me to the open mics and then, you know, eventually like all those open mics closed down and we started our own after that in the city. Word. Yeah. And that's how it transitioned. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, what made you get to the point where, because um, obviously you do this for a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, what got you to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm not going to work at Starbucks. Yeah. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm going to be a poet uh-huh. and uh, I'm going to do this for a living. I'm going to uh, travel the world. Yeah. So, so I was actually in, in graduate school at the time. I was in a PhD program mm-hmm. in industrial and organizational psychology. Um, and around the same time, I really fell in love with like writing and performing. And, and I was like, you know, doing competitions as well and doing pretty well in competitions. And um, it just got to the point to where, you know, university started inviting me to come out and perform. And it was really difficult for me to be, you know, full time in the PhD program and then gone for like a week or two at a time to like do these performances and still keep up with my coursework. So it got to the point to where I had to choose mm-hmm. and and I, I wasn't in love with, with my program. I kinda went to grad school because I didn't really know what to do. Okay. And, I, and I wasn't ready to be an adult yet. And right. So I was like, well let me just go keep you know, let me just A lot stay of people do that. Yeah, definitely. Um so so basically it just got to the point to where I was gone so much that it was hard for me to keep up with my coursework and I had to make a choice. And, you know, I I, I just love poetry so much that you know, I just, I had to choose it, you know, hmm. because, you know, I liked the program but I wasn't in love with it. Mm-hmm. But I was really in love with, you know, traveling and performing. 
So I was like, this is, this you is know, it. this is the obvious choice, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting, you know, just when you see people and when they kind of are living, living what they want to do. Yeah. Because yeah. you think in life, there's a lot of people that don't work in mm-hmm. the job that they really want to do or that they True. feel like they're called to do. Uh-huh. Um, they yeah. do it because they feel like they have to or their mm-hmm. situation or whatever it is that is binding them to over here. Mm-hmm. They really want to be over here. So I think it's uh, amazing to kind of yeah. find out how people get to the point where they're like, you know what? This is mm-hmm. what I want to do and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Bottom yeah. line. Definitely. So... Um, um, before we get into the book, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, competitions yeah. uh, and slam. And mm-hmm. so that's how me and you got to really know each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, 2010. Actually, right. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. Um, you uh, started learning under me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> exactly. I was your protege, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, we got mm-hmm. to know each other through slam yeah. um, really good. And we were on the same uh, slam team for two years, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, you were the coach of, which yeah. Um, yeah. was great. And uh, I learned a lot from you in mm-hmm. that regard. And I think it's really important that um, in competition, obviously, there's a certain work ethic that you need to have. Oh, yeah, definitely. uh, In order to do well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So what made you want to get into the competition aspect? Because it's very different than just performing and and traveling and and being an artist. Uh um, Because there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, absolutely. So so I got into the competition aspect because when I first heard about Poetry Slam, Poetry Competition, Mm -hmm. I thought it was such a weird concept Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, people judging your art, you know? Right. but then I actually, you know, like I actually went to one because I had heard about it for a while because there was one that was happening about twice a month in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But um, but I was never able to go because I either had like night classes or um, I was, you know, I was a resident advisor. Right. So I had days where I would have to like, you know, be on campus uh, the entire night. So it just never really, really like fell on a, on a day where I could go. So um, I would hear a lot about it. And I was kind of like, that's so weird, you know, Um but once I had the opportunity to actually go and attend, you know, I realized that a slam is is pretty much like my two favorite things put together. Mm-hmm. You know, writing a performance, writing slash performance, right. but also you know competition. Mm-hmm. You know, because I grew up you know playing basketball right. and being involved in sports pretty much my entire life. Side um, note: uh, Do not play Rudy in basketball <laughs> because um, he's when he says competition, like I thought I was competitive. <laughs> But I played with Rudy playing basketball, and first of all, you would think that he's six foot thirteen because that's how he plays. Inside he is, and um, do not try to steal the ball from him or do anything to infringe on what he's doing because you will feel the wrath. Um, Anyway, uh, we just wanted to give that disclaimer. So Uh, go ahead. Hilarious. So so yeah, I I grew up you know playing sports and you know being involved in a lot of different competitive activities. So so slam was just such a, a natural fit for me just because it was you know it's writing which I which I really love. Performance, which I really love, and also competition, which I also really love, um, and I, I realized that it, it brings out it brings out the best in me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do my best performances, you know, in competitions because you know you know that that, that somebody's going to hold up a scorecard right. and let you know exactly how they felt about your performance, and it's really just helped me step my game up. You know, wow, yeah. I, I think I think one thing to realize too is um, for a lot of people that want to get into competition, it's mm-hmm. not for the faint of heart. Oh no! Like you yeah. really have to have thick skin and Definitely. understand that yeah. it's a competition in the day. Absolutely, because um, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that kind of shy. Well, I know I was one mm-hmm. that I was like, I don't want to be judged for yeah. my. This is my work. This, uh-huh. this comes from my heart. Definitely. Why are you going to yeah. give me a score? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I think when you understand what it is, and like you said, it it brings out the best in you. I think as mm-hmm. an artist and a performer. Yeah. And yeah. I think that once I started competing personally. 
mm-hmm. is when I got better and why when I wanted to write more yeah. and what yeah. caused me to write you know different things mm-hmm. and explore mm-hmm. different topics because I'm like yo I want to make sure that this is something that's you know amazing because it's going to get scored definitely so yeah. it, it, it yeah. definitely uh, um, makes you push to yourself to the limit absolutely and it also allows you to be a part of like a really awesome community mm-hmm. you know um i think what's what's kept me you know slamming for so long is that you know i look forward to the tournaments like i look forward to like seeing people that i only see maybe two or three times a year mm-hmm. and it's like this family reunion that happens you know so so that's another thing that kind of has, has kept me involved is that you know there's some really amazing people that i've met strictly because you know we were either on a team together or we were like competing in the same tournament mm-hmm. um like, there's so many people that i'm so close to now some of my closest friends are people that i've been on teams with Mm. or competed against right um so that's another thing that kind of keeps me around and keeps me coming back to the tournaments is that you know it's it's definitely like a family reunion word um so let's talk about this book um helium um this is your first full-length book yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a book of poetry Uh uh first of all why the name helium yeah so i chose the name helium um because in a lot of ways i like I find poetry to be very much like helium. Um, it's something that allows you to to defy gravity at least for a little bit. You know, um, like when I'm really going through things, sometimes I just need to sit down and write, and it helps me escape for a little while. Mm. You know, um, so that's why that's why I call the book Heliums because you know, in a lot of ways, like I feel like poetry like allows me that 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 temporary escape. You mm-hmm. know, that that we need sometimes. You know, because when you're really going through it, sometimes you just need something that's gonna you know take your mind off of things. Sure, and and. That's what poetry has done for me. Okay. So how long did it it, it, uh, take you to create the entire book? Uh, It took about a year and a half. Um, A few of the poems I already had and already knew that I was going to include. Um, but, uh, but a lot of the poems I, I wrote later on, um, just because I was trying to create kind of like a, a narrative arc throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took about a year and a half, uh, because like I, like I put together the manuscript, then, you know, sent it to the editor and the mm-hmm. editor gave me a lot of feedback and we kind of went back and forth on the feedback. So, so that took about a year and a half or so. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when you look at uh, the book itself, mm-hmm. uh, what do you want the reader to yeah. kind of take from it? You know what? Um, one of the biggest themes in the book is actually that that I'm not finished yet. You know that I'm still learning. Um, like so many of the poems, I like, you know, I have from this I learned. You know, and and a lot of the poems are about just like things that I've learned along the way, and and the fact that I'm still learning. Um, I think that's an important part of the book because I think sometimes we like, we expect ourselves to be you know completed at a certain you know time, sure. right? Um, but the fact that you know I mean, the fact is that 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 you know life is a, is a constant evolution, right? Like we don't stop learning, we don't stop growing, and that's a, that's the, one of the major themes of the book. Let's mm. yeah. snapshot that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do yeah. this in the, uh, in the poetry yeah. houses in the coffee shop. If you don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's great, and I'm excited to read it because um, I still need a copy. So oh, you can have gonna, that one. I'm, I can have it. Oh, yeah. hallelujah. <laughs> um, so I really think that it's a, uh, it's great because one of the things as a spoken word artist, uh, as someone that performs, when you when you look at the page, yeah. right? When you perform, obviously that's you know you're giving it to the people you know mm-hmm. in that man in that form. Yeah, yeah. I think when you read a book though, um, mm-hmm. it definitely gives your the reader something for interpretation. Definitely, um, yeah. and I think that and that's with any book, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when you look at a book and then you look at a movie, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think the sp- spoken word performance, let's say that's the movie. Yeah. Um, this is the, the this is the template, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at it and you're reading it and you 
can kind of give your own, you know, determination yeah. as far as where you think the re- you know the writer or the author is going. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's important um, that you know we do put that our work out there, you know, is, in print. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you did you think about that when you were because you you know you've had chat books yeah, before yeah. and you've uh-huh. had CDs, mm-hmm. um, and so this is a first like. Did you think that it was time for this? Were you kind of waiting for a certain specific time to get to this point? You know what? Um, how the book really came about is I wasn't really even thinking about publishing anything full length. Because um, I, had, I had done the chat books and that was you know going pretty well. But I hadn't really thought about publishing anything full length until uh, Button Poetry. Um, okay. You know, uh, Dylan Garrity and Sam Cooke. Shout out uh, to Button. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they approached me about it and they were like, hey, have you thought about you know doing... Uh, a full length collection, and I was like, mm, I was like, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, you should, you should consider it because we would be interested in publishing you. And I was like, really? You know? Ah. Um, and they were like, yeah, like we we like your work and we think you know it could do pretty well. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, well, let's, well, let's do it. <laughs> let's you know? Do it. And that's really how it came about. Like I wasn't really thinking about publishing um, because I, I I consider myself to be more of a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm definitely interested in in learning how to navigate the page, you know, because I think mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 another tool that allows people to understand the work. Because you know, with performances, especially like live performances in person, right. they only get one opportunity, you know, to 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 hear it, and exactly. then and then they ha- then you know they have a level of understanding uh, based on that that one opportunity. Mm-hmm. But with with a book, they could go back and they could read it over and over and over Absolutely. again, and they could get something different every time, you know. And they also can interpret things for themselves. You know, because, you know, depending on how you say a sentence, mm-hmm. you know, it can mean a whole bunch of different things. Like, sure. like the, the sentence, like, I don't think you're crazy. It's like, I don't think you're crazy. It means like, I don't think you're crazy, but right. somebody else might, you know, right. I don't think you're crazy. It's like, I don't think you're crazy, <laughs> but you might be some other things. Sure. You know, it's like, I don't think you're crazy. It's like, I don't think you're crazy. I know you're crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so depending on which word you choose to emphasize, mm-hmm. that could change the meaning of an entire sentence. Sure. And I think that's also one of the, one of the fascinating things about the page is that the, the, the reader gets the opportunity to do that instead mm. of you doing it for them. I think that's very important. Mm. Uh, let's talk about social media for a little bit because yeah. um, I think in this day and age, social media has become obviously a phenomenon phenomenon on its mm. own. Yeah. And I think it's helped, you know, artists such as yourself mm. to really, you know, expand your platform, yeah. you know, because yeah. prior to social media, obviously, you know, um, make sure you sit really close mm. to the mic. Um, obviously, you know, you were on The Tonight Show, but mm-hmm. you're the first poet to do a full-length poem on The Tonight Show. Yeah. So it's not like everyone, you know, and, and mm-hmm. hopefully that these will be more opportunities that will present themselves. Uh-huh. But, you know, not everyone has that luxury. So, yeah. you know, I think we rely a lot on social media to, to get our word out. How important do you think as an artist mm-hmm. uh, and as a performer social media is to you? Oh, it's it's really important. Like, I don't know if I would be able to to do this as a full-time profession if it wasn't for social media mm-hmm. um like with the advent of like you know YouTube and and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of these you know all of these vehicles allows you know artists to to post their work and you know for people to see it you know um before that like you would literally have to go and see someone in person mm-hmm. you know and i think with the advent of of social media it's allowed so many more people to have access to the art form, you know, especially with like, with like spoken word, because, mm-hmm. you know, if it wasn't, you know, for, for, you know, YouTube, so many people wouldn't even know about it, 
you know, I think absolutely with the you know with the emergence of you know button poetry right about now, um, slam find mm-hmm. a lot of these are huge platforms where people who don't necessarily have access to poetry in their like in their cities in their communities could actually you know sit and watch it you know because if you live you know in a city that doesn't have any open mics or slams then you just you just don't get a chance to see it but now. That's not necessarily the case. Now, so many more people are exposed to the art form because of social media. So I think it's been huge. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'll say this. Um, I remember being in Stockton, um, mm-hmm. where I moved from uh, before I came to L.A. Yeah. And I remember um, finding you on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. who is this dude yeah. that puts his hand <laughs> in his pocket? <laughs> and like, and says these words that are really dope. And it has uh, these metaphors. Um, and it's just really crazy how, like you said, it, it gives you a, a platform for the world. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you build a fan base and then people can kind of you know when you do travel you know as an artist people are anticipating you coming to their city and things of that nature um so i think it's really dope you know to utilize that and to have that you know as something that you know we can use um looking at like when you say uh, oftentimes you know imitation is a blush flattery flattery right oh yeah absolutely um but i think you've had some imitators um (laughs) because you know you have a you know, a, a specific style and uh-huh. how you deliver your poems. Yeah. Um, what's been the worst uh, imitation that you've seen? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if I've seen any really bad imitations. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think any sort of imitation is 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 a form of flattery. Sure. You know, because apparently they they saw something mm-hmm. in your work that they really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say my my worst experience is actually seeing somebody like do my entire poem and not give me credit oh yeah yeah like um like somebody had had posted it It was on like their their like facebook live Uh uh-huh and this this guy was doing a poem in a slam in a competition in a slam yeah and and what was crazy it was my honest poem you know what i mean so it was like (laughs) you stole my honest poem you know what i mean yeah right right so i think that was probably like the worst experience that i've had with with with, you know imitation because it was Mm -hmm. like it's totally fine if if you're inspired and you and you sure. write something similar because you know like when when I when I, when I first came into the game like there were some people that I that I really looked at and I was like wow like I want to be like them of course so I I wrote poems that sounded a bit like them because they were my inspirations mm-hmm. and I think that's that's awesome I think we all kind of sound like somebody mm-hmm. um, but when you just completely like take someone's work and then call it your own right. that's definitely a problem sure <laughs> yeah I'm just thinking like you know knowing the poem like yeah. born on July 25th like, right. Who are you- <laughs> <laughs> like you literally like how can you take someone's poem about that has facts about themselves i know right like there's factual things like your height yeah like, you right know, like, <laughs> like, you love like, like how do you yeah. yeah that's that's crazy yeah um what's definitely. next what's next for rudy francisco you know, and I think that's that's kind of what I've been kind of mulling over mm-hmm. lately is 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 what's next, right? Just because you know, I I really enjoy touring and like doing colleges full time. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome, but it's also a bit exhausting at times. You know, sure. like I'm gone a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a two year old daughter, mm-hmm. so you know, I'd like to be home as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So I think what my what my next move is, which I've already kind of started to do, um, was you know, rent out venues and you know, sell tickets um, because I, I love doing the colleges. 
but mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's something about like you know having like your own space and and being able to to control the environment a little bit more um, so that's like my next move is I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to you know rent out venues you know sell tickets and throw shows that way um, but I don't know what's what's beyond that you know like I'm definitely you are going to the UK um, yeah okay yeah so so yeah I, I am doing a UK tour mm-hmm. um, at the end of May and early June uh, then I actually go to India I go to India oh, really? in June after after I do the UK okay and I'm doing a, a festival out there it's myself Olivia Gatwood and Sabrina Benayim okay um, we're, we're doing uh, a festival out, out in uh, Pune, India nice yeah, yeah so that's I'm super excited about that then um, then we have the National Poetry Slam coming up again right. uh, in the second week of August. August yeah. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So I'm representing San Diego again. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so we have that coming up. And then I, I actually go back to the UK in October, at the end of October. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also uh, the host city coordinator for the Individual World Poetry That's Slam, right. uh, which is coming to San Diego. Yes, I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll be hosting. Definitely. Bouts. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Excited to do that, yeah. um, especially here in California. Absolutely. You know, yeah. because, you know, we don't get a lot of the major tournaments out here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had nationals, you know, in, in Oakland right. a few times. We had IWIPs once, I believe, in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time a major tournament is coming to Southern California. So yeah. we want to make sure that it's a good one. That's good to be dope yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, your daughter has um, as a father has that yeah. changed you as far as your writing and performing at all you know what um, I've been working on a lot of poems about my daughter mm-hmm. like they haven't been completed yet but I think you know because I, I write about what I go through you right. know so so you know being a being a dad and you know really adjusting to fatherhood like that's mm-hmm. been something that's been at the forefront of my mind so I've been writing a lot about that actually and and hopefully I'll be finishing a few of those in the next you know coming weeks coming months and I'll be able to you know perform those perform and, those and, and show the public those. you know you know my my perspective on fatherhood you that's know? crazy yeah yeah well, Rudy, I want to thank you so much for right. being here with us, Book Circle Online. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, obviously, you're a good friend of mine, and I respect oh, yeah. your work. Uh, you're an amazing performer, and I've learned, again, a lot of what not to do uh, in, in performance. <laughs> Hopefully some of what to do, too, you know? <laughs> joking. I'm joking. Yeah. But, no, uh, it's really a pleasure to have you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you get the book Helium. Um, make it, you know, bestseller. That's what we want. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Where can they purchase the book? Uh, they can purchase it at, at uh, Barnes and Noble, okay. um, on Amazon. Those are the, the two main, you know, retailers. Also on buttonpoetry.com. Okay, they could they could purchase it there. As purchase well. it there. Yeah. Awesome. And you have, I know it's sold out, but you do have a show tonight here in L.A. Yeah, yeah, I do. I yeah. do. It's later on tonight. And I'm also doing another show in Long Beach tomorrow. I'm at Definitive Soapbox Okay, tomorrow. okay. Yeah, because, um, you know, the show tonight is, is sold out. Right. So, you know, hopefully some people can come to the can Long Beach one. So if you're in the Long Beach area, um, if you want to stand outside and just see him walk in the doors, <laughs> you can go to the show tonight. Um, I suppose that's also an option. Right. You know? <laughs> but if you want to hear him do some poems, yeah, um, yeah definitely Long Beach if you're in the uh, Southern California area uh make sure you check them out there at the definitive soapbox great venue uh great people that run that and then um yeah just follow him uh let the people know where they can find you on social media yeah so if you put in rudy francisco and pretty much anything it'll pop up instagram Mm -hmm. facebook uh twitter any of those any of those just put in rudy francisco also my website is i am rudyfrancisco.com word 
And uh, you can find me everywhere at The Poet Saint. And that's, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you can check out my website at stayonthemic.com. Um, again, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. Mr. Francisco Helium yeah. in stores now. Make sure you check it out. And uh, that's it for us. Books are going online. Peace. From executive producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos, and Jeffrey Masters, thanks for tuning in to Book Circle Online. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. To suggest a book title or their author, you can tweet us at Book Circle On. This is Book Circle Online. Thanks for tuning in.